0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday.
1: Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Higgskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1,000,000. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer the questions like who'll score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. They know a thing or two about big plays. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner at Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The burgers,
0: the burgers.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode four of the Rig Rats podcast. Kyle is here to join me this week, no longer flying solo. Kyle, it's so glad to hear your voice. Hi, folks. How
0: are you? Sorry I wasn't able to get the last one. Had a busy Sunday.
1: (laughs) Hey, man, don't we all, don't we all. I mean, listen, I will say you missed a hell of a guest. I I heard.
0: I I, uh, listened into it. Wonderful commentary between the two of you.
1: Yeah. Benders is a good guy. So if you guys haven't listened to uh, the last episode, I highly suggest you go and listen to it. Uh, uh, he, he's a good listen to, but Kyle, we've got some Oilers games to talk about. And we do indeed. in, in the last, last episode, you know, I, I was giving my predictions. I was, um, predicting two Oilers wins. Um, you know, I never go against the team as, as the, the listeners to this podcast will hear. They'll notice that I always predict the Oilers twin almost. Um, And so uh, because of that, I was, you know, I I don't know. I I felt that we had an opportunity here to pull 500. And I think we'll start with the first game here. Kind of an interesting one. Um, I'd say the first period, uh, I actually got to watch this one in its entirety. The first period was interesting because, um, it was a little bit more of a feeling out period between both teams. Um, Yeah. You could tell that they were tentative. This was the first time they'd seen each other this season. So they were still, you know, there's, there's that feeling out process. It was sort of a back and forth affair. The jets would score, the Oilers would tie, you know, the jets would score the Oilers would tie. Um, Eventually the Oilers did go up one and take that lead into the third period, which was blown about halfway through the third period And then it looked like we were going to go to overtime, which is a theme versus the Jets in the last year. It seems we always go to overtime versus the Jets. And then with 0.7 seconds left on the clock, I mean, McDavid and the big boys are out there. And McDavid just throws it back in front of the net after sort of fanning on his first pass. And Drysidle snaps one home for the game winner. That one, I thought that was a huge win. I mean... Like, yeah. that's, like, that's got to be such a good feeling in the locker room. Like, that .7 second, I don't know. I feel like that's like a come-together win for the boys.
0: Oh, yeah. As, as, as a guy that has been on the ice for a couple of close, close wins there down to the end, down to the last minute, that, that's something. When you win by seven goals, it's like, cool, we won. When you win by one goal with 10 seconds left, .7 seconds left in a game, it's like, oh, yeah, we did that shit what's cool right so i mean it's it it really fuels the boys i I think as a a a way to put it home you know obviously connor knows where he's putting the puck so he threw it out in front and uh, And uh, he's just throwing it
1: he's throwing it he's no there's no time left right he's just throwing it and there's a a of bodies in front. One of the big things that we talked about, or I guess one of the big things talked about before going into this game was that Pul had been elevated to the top line um with yeah. McDavid and uh Nugent Hopkins. And I thought this was probably one of Pulyarve's best game as an oiler.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think as we had said um you know in, in the first couple first couple shows we had said um his time overseas was going to help him out and make him, you know, mature him a little bit. And I think it, I think it has, I think he's playing, he's settling into his shoes. He's finding his rhythm, his game, you know, bumping up to play, playing with Connor and, and Nude, you you know, it's hard to be bad when you play with those two guys, but I think throwing him up there with that kind of skill and, and they're always looking for the next pass, the next play. I, I think, I think it's really adding to his, um, uh, his maturity and and i i agree he's he's playing much better than he had a couple years ago
1: and one of the interesting facets to the way this season goes is in previous seasons at least for the most part against um non-divisional teams um like winnipeg would i was i would get excited for overtime i was always excited for the prospect and i didn't really mind it you know we would get a point and then it was almost guaranteed you know the oilers are going to get another point with mcdavid and drysidal in, in three on three and you, you right right and that's just a fun time to watch like everyone wants yeah, to tune into exciting on three. hockey exactly exactly but with the way that you know the north division and the whole season is set up now right right you don't like now I'm sitting here and I'm watching the clock the clock run down and they score yeah. and that point7 second sec. seven second left goal is huge but then I thought oh my god that's even better because Winnipeg doesn't get any points either, which is right. a huge – like, it's such an interesting little tweak because now, as a fan, I don't want overtime at all.
0: Yeah. Well, and so I heard um, – I don't remember which game I was watching. Um, I was watching one of the games from around the league on uh, NBCSN the other day, and one of the analysts was like, yeah, this season, the way the season's set up where you're only playing – uh, divisional play. So you're only playing within your division. Every game is a four point game.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: what I mean? As much as you can only win two points, it's a four point game because they could win two points and you have none. And now they're, you know I mean? It, it's a four point swing either way. Or if you let them get, you know, if you go to overtime, they get a point. Like, like right now, the, um, I guess it's the central, the, uh, the blue jackets are at the top of the central, with two wins and three overtime losses.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, uh, the next the, – the three teams under them have played uh, – the, the two teams under them have played three games, and then the Lightning have played four games, and they've played seven. But, but still, it's – they're at the top of the leaderboard with three overtime losses and two wins. So, points are extremely important because you're not playing anyone else. So, so it's not like it doesn't matter when you're playing outside of your division because you're, you can't.
1: And even even in the post game after this game, uh, Coach Tippett was was talking about how you know you're looking at the out of town scoreboard from the other games, and you're you're really hoping to only see two point nights. You, you don't want any three point games from any of the other divisional teams either. Right. So here's one of the things I will say before we get to the next game that that bothered me watching the really the pre and post game of this is the media. Is blowing any move that Puliarvi makes. Just like, so, like, they asked every person at in their post game me- media availability about Puliarvi's change and his improvement. And, like, and, like, I understand that's a story this year, but, like, Right. And he got moved up to that first line. He played really well. And then but then after it, instead of asking them about, you know, the team win or the lines play as a group, it, they spent like half of their immediate availability asking all the other players about how is about Pugliarvi. And I don't know. It, it just that it just annoyed me. It's like, come on, like you, you can't ask yeah. anything else.
0: Yeah. But, but maybe, oh, it's, so, maybe it's just me. Like that's maybe one it's of the things me. that that I usually love about hockey. Oh, no, I definitely agree. I think that's one of the things I usually love about hockey. I mean, like, um, you know, I'll tell anybody it's when you hear championship speeches, like go listen to any, any LeBron James championship speech uh, after he wins the finals. I did this. I did that. I carried the team. I, I, I. Now, then you conversely listen to any of Jonathan Tay's three Stanley Cup championship interviews right after he talks about the rest of his team, his line, his goalie, his family, never once will he say the word I. It, and so that's usually one of the things that I love about hockey. And, and so I, I agree with you, it, you know, spread it out. It's a, it's a team game. You know, you can make, you know, if somebody does something insane, sure, ask, ask a few things about that one guy. But like you said, over half of the availability is about one guy. For what,
1: you know? I don't know like like I, had I one assist it was his it was, it, be, it, was it was his best game of the season there was just like there were so many other like little bits um that that they were asking about just like right. that like didn't really have anything to do with the game I guess
0: when well, there's that game was was it was a good game you know it was, it was kind of a a come behind you know they weren't down by 3 at any point or anything but it was no, kind of a I come mean, behind I mean, and a oh, uh, big win
1: there I mean, so before it, it, we move on, and, and this is a, a theme that carries through to the, to the next game, right? The Oilers go into the third period with a one-goal lead, and I'd say within two minutes, um, with like eight minutes left, they're, yeah. they're down by one all of a sudden, and, right, right. They, have, they have to tie it and then score again to take the lead. And it, uh, you, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. And so right. then I'll take that as then a segue to the next game. Um, I was actually at yeah. work for the first two periods, and I'm looking at my phone. I'm checking. I see that, and I'm watching the highlights now. It seems like the Oilers were buzzing early. They were um, on yeah. them. The Jets also came out with some intensity, and even in the you know the pregame, they were talking about how they've won the first game, and the Oilers in the last little bit are have a lot of times been behind on the first game, and so they're trying to yeah. even. Like the two game series on the second game. So now they're ahead and they know that the Jets are going to be coming to try and even it up. And so both teams were buzzing and pushing early. And then, kind of a crazy first period, the Oilers push ahead. Their power play has started to click. um, Yeah. And uh, which is, which is, um, unbelievable to see I beautiful mean, like, and and dry sidle scored again like dry sidle scored in four straight right yeah. mcdavid scoring nugent hopkins starting to score the big boys are starting to score right turris had his first in the last game but i don't know i'm starting to see like I, i'm starting to feel that that depth scoring squeeze again
0: yeah that turris goal was pretty though i'll tell you that right over his shoulder that, that was that was a good shot
1: oh um, no great goal great goal but like it's just yeah. I'd like to see that a little more often, I guess.
0: Yeah. you know, Like you mentioned, uh, the power play starting to click. I think that um, the loss to Winnipeg, they went two for two on the power play. And then they had one power play goal in the win. But then there was one of their power plays where it was uh, – one of the goals came a second or two seconds after the power play end had ended. So, while technically we're not on the power play anymore, that guy that came out of the box had not gotten back into the play. So – um you know i still count that as a power play unit uh goal you know even though it won't show up on the stats as one that that power play unit
1: put that one in well the, um, J- the jets had one like that as well uh exactly right, right yeah. as right as one of the oilers had stepped out of the box and they scored so our i think the yeah. jets only went one for four on the power play in this one and you could argue they actually went two for four
0: yeah you know i think it, it was it was nice it was definitely nice to see the power play i think i think throwing james neal on there Kind of adds a little, like like you were saying uh, last last podcast. Even if he's not Connor, he's still a good presence to have whether on the ice in the locker room on the bench. That's that's one of those guys. He's been in the league a while. He's proven himself, and you feel comfortable having that guy on the ice. Um, so I think it's nice to add him and get Chase on off that first that first unit. So
1: another big change to the power play that they made is uh, Tyson Berry has been taken off of the first power play. They moved, yeah. they moved Nurse to the first power play. And, I mean, he had two assists in this game on the power play. Uh, and I think also just in general, everyone has, like, you can tell the passing is a lot more crisp as a unit. I definitely think there was a little bit of, a little bit of rust to shake off and familiarity to regain between them at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, right. the, big, the big story in this one is the Oilers have a one-goal lead going into the third period. I was getting off work, seeing this one goal lead going to the third period, really excited. I get home, turn on the TV, I throw my jersey on, and about in that time it took, uh, the Oilers were down by two. Within three minutes and 30 seconds, the Jets score the tying goal to go up by one and then to go up by two. The Oilers would eventually, Connor would score to uh, you know, bring it within one pretty again. goal. Uh, yes, yeah, uh-huh. And that's the thing; it, it breaks my heart because, like, I just want to, like, right? Connor goes crazy, and we still yeah. lose that game. And we, right? We lose six yeah. five. It just. And I think in what, that game, like, I think there was.
0: Uh, well, so I think I think a, a little bit of, of that one. There's a I, there was a, a a tad bit of a not a coaching issue, but a mishap per se, because you should probably take your time out. You know, leave that first line out there. I saw a lot of people on Twitter, out with a minute, a minute and a half them. or something like that. Um, it was right. It was it was a little more than a minute and a half or something. You could you could take your time out and leave your big boys out there, but instead you throw the third line out. There's a time and a place, and 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 that was not it for the third line. You know, what I mean, you know, not to say that they would have scored two or three goals, whatever, but they could have. Well, I mean, to at, with at this your, point, your big the big boy,
1: the big boys are the only ones scoring, right, yeah. basically. So, right. I mean, you just playing the odds; like they're more likely to score than your third line. Right. And I agree. Like, and there's actually been a couple times over just Tippett's tenure as the coach here where I'm like, yeah, you probably could have used your timeout to like calm things down, right? Because they you let in three yeah. goals, right? They've tied the game, and then they've gone up by two now in less than five yep. minutes like i don't know just as a i have only coached little kids and just as a gut i would have taken my time out right there yeah i probably would have taken um, time out after they went up by one to be honest but like even before yeah. the third
0: slow the momentum a little bit just like to take a timeout I mean,
1: and look at the, everyone on the bench and be like hey what is wake up what is going yeah, on you want to like, take a deep breath together here yeah yeah I don't know. And then I also saw there was, there was some, on some of the plays, uh, there was just some, some weak defending. Um, people are yeah. not strong enough on their sticks in front of the net. Paul Stasny made an incredible play, but like, I don't know, yeah. the, the defense was weak there. I mean, he brushed him off too easily.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think that goal was, uh, I don't remember, Cop maybe was in front and, and, and two guys go to him. And, and I, you know, I'm all for collapse to the guy in front of the net, but, then you're laying on top of them and get up, <laughs> you know what I mean? And stats, he scores that one. He's, he's standing there, mano a mano with koskinen and it's not, you know, there's not much that he can really do. He can only get so big in front of that, especially with worrying about the three guys piled in front of him in the crease. I think it was a pretty good game overall. And I think both of these games are actually very well matched. Like, you know, if you go back and you look in you know the box score and stuff and you look at the stats, the, the shots are close. Face-offs are close. All, all of these numbers are really close. These are two pretty well-matched teams, I would say. I think in the loss, though, the wheels just kind of fell off the train in the third period, and then they didn't have enough time to put all of the wheels back on, you know?
1: I'm going to be honest. I was so pissed about the third period just watching it. Like, I I haven't watched any of the post-game interviews yet. I just, like, I haven't, I haven't brought yeah. myself to do it. Like, they, I don't know. They just, they sting so much more When everyone else, like, Connor scores a couple nice ones, Dreisaitl's got a couple Newton Hopkins scores on the power play, like, I just, oh, man, it's brutal. So, I mean, right now we're sitting at three and five, uh, eight games in. There hasn't been enough consistency, I think. Uh,
0: Yeah, I would agree
1: and and i don't really want to pile on koskinen or anything cuz he's really the only goalie we have right now so i need him as yeah. confident as possible but, but like especially in this game like eventually you you want him to save at least one of them
0: yeah right? there were a couple yeah. that
1: there's nothing he could do but there were a couple of yeah, there some there's some I'm couple like,
0: weird bounces i was
1: like ah you would have liked him to have that one
0: yeah there there was i think there was a couple that had a, a, a little a little puck luck or some extra forces at play there but i would agree there's definitely a couple where you're like yeah you didn't you didn't get that one are you you sure you don't want to try again
1: all right so we are going to take a quick break here um and uh we will be right back calling all jets fans and foodies what's going on guys i'm brandon rowicki the host of skates and plates on the hockey podcast network look if you love jets hockey this is the place for you in-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates & Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, drink everything good in life it's right here on skates and plates on the hockey podcast network all righty and we are back um we're going to transition a little bit away from the oilers losses for my mental health and we're going to talk about a little bit more around the nhl news and there's really one big thing to talk about right now it's been a story since the season came back you know there was a lot of holdout and anxiety between Dubois and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Eventually they signed him to a smaller bridge deal. And then he just gave the worst effort possible in his first couple of games, uh, was benched in his game versus the lightning. And after just a really bad shift, I mean, I'm sure uh, if you guys haven't seen it, you should go and watch the, the video. It's about a 45 second clip of him hopping off the bench, really just not paying any attention to what's going on the ice drifting around and then he johnson skates right by him and he puts his stick up and skates back to the bench and like it's a it's just a useless shift and from your first line center it's it's not a good look so they bench him and then the news comes out a couple days ago and i talked about this a little bit on the last episode with bender so we're not going to go too into it but dubois for line a not one for one um which was interesting. I was actually listening to the Thirty One Thoughts podcast and they had Yarmo Kekalainen on, the GM of the Blue Jackets, and he was talking about how it was never one for one. Dubois there had to be more involved for Dubois than than just Dubois or just Line. Uh so the Jets send Line and Rozovic to the Jackets, and the Jackets send Dubois on a third to the Jets. And Dubois gets into a bigger market, I would say, even though the Jets are still a smaller hockey market. I think the Canadian market compared to the Columbus market is probably a little different. Um, Line then, you know, after I'd say he'd ha- he's had some ups and downs, joins the, the Columbus Blue Jackets and joins and who's a-, a fellow Finn as well. And it also in the Thirty One Thoughts podcast, Kekalinen um, was very interested and wanted to get Pulyarve, or not Pulyarve, Line, the uh get my fit my fins mixed up, that he wanted to get him in the second in the se- uh the third round when Oilers took Pulyarve instead of Dubois because they wanted to move up and get Line. What is your take on it, Kyle?
0: So I think when they get traded, you know, one of the big staples of your team gets gets moved. Uh, you know, they make your your nice post on social media, letting you know thanking the fan base and telling the new fan base, hey, I'm here to play. And I saw that Laine was shocked because I know he's had his struggles, but I do still think he has one of the best shots in the league when he's on fire. When, When he's hot, his shot is lethal. Honestly, if I'm the Jets, watching the way Dubois handled that, I don't want him. He's a great forward. That is a terrible attitude.
1: Like you're talking that like from team from a teammate perspective, like, like, uh, like, the yeah, team.
0: yeah. Just, just, a just a team, you know, an attitude in general, just, you know, in the locker room, I I, I haven't heard much about him. I don't know that he's, you know, a menace or anything. And, and, you know, I know firsthand when, when Tortorella was, uh, in Tampa coaching, you know, he's a hard ass. There's no getting around it. And, and, and him getting benched in the middle of a game is classic Tortorella move, but he deserved it guaranteed. Uh, I mean, that shift, like you said, was, was atrocious. But is that and, a Tortorella
1: move? Like, like, I feel like most coaches, like if you give that effort and you are yeah. right, like I, I really think like anyone in the lineup, right? Like most I, coaches yeah. are going to see that and you're probably going to start losing shifts.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. and um, I, But I think I, I'm sure he caught the riot act, whether it was on the bench or after the game, I'm sure – Towards tore him a new one because it it, it was embarrassing. I don't care how much you don't want to play in the city anymore. That was embarrassing for yourself. Take a little pride. You know what I mean? You're still playing hockey. Show up. Even if you know you're getting traded, show up. So, so I think, you know, I think Winnipeg, their staff should sit down and have a conversation with them and be like, Hey, listen, we brought you here. Don't do that shit. So
1: personally, that's what I think. you got to think he's, he's only got a few more of those in his career. And then eventually everyone's yeah. like, all right, it doesn't yeah. matter how good of a hockey player you are. Like you're not playing exactly. in the anymore. Yeah.
0: I think personally, I would take a locker room guy, somebody, you know, who's pretty good at hockey, but is a great teammate, a great energy on the bench in the locker room, just for the environment, a, a wonderful attitude over a guy that's a little more skilled but worse with his teammates, you know. What I mean, worse with the organization, you know. So, yeah,
1: we we've played like, just we we've, we've played with guys like that before.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's just me. I I used to be that locker room guy. I, I was I was the guy that I was just you know, I was there for the last in the locker room. I'd throw a couple big bodies, get the en- get the energy going. I don't know. I I think I wish them both the best, and I hope Dubois pulls his head out of his ass and figures it out for himself. That hey. Maybe I should actually try to play hockey next time instead of being a twelve-year-old. We'll see how it goes. You know, I don't know how, how it works with the quarantine protocols. I'm sure it's got to be two weeks before either of them see the ice.
1: Well, uh, right? Dubois, Dubois, because a Dubois won't won't play for Winnipeg for at least two weeks. Um, right. The transition from right uh, because, of, US, because of the U.S. U.S. to Canada is much difficult. Um, to Canada. Whereas, yeah, I was reading Roz. Ros, yeah, Roslevic, um might might even play as soon as this coming Thursday for the Jackets. Yeah. So, so, so Laine Line and Rozovic will be on the ice a lot sooner, uh, whereas Dubois right. definitely will have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. You got a way too early prediction on, like, who has a better career with their new teams?
0: Yeah, well, A takes it. Yeah? I think, you know, he, he was injured. Uh, I think as soon as he comes off of that and starts getting it. You got Max Domi there you got seth jones i forgot domi uh,
1: plays there damn yeah that is kind of nasty
0: yeah uh you know you have so think about that Uh, that's a that's a kind of a nasty power play line uh line a domi seth jones in the back end uh in the back end and uh i don't know who else you put up there i mean you can put up anybody else up there if you wanted to I guess um maybe that that new kid um, I mean you've
1: got like Bjorkstrand you've got Felino. I mean if you really want Fo- you could probably Foody's honestly pretty good uh Texier looks pretty nasty like they've got some yeah, they've got but, some interesting interesting if you, if you want
0: size you throw you throw Boone Jenner in front and let him sit there and eat pucks in front of the net those those four guys that fifth guy is completely interchangeable I think that works out well for a line a I mean obviously in Winnipeg you still have you know and Blake Wheeler and you know the, so those, I was, those guys was talking are good,
1: to but. um our resident uh Winnipeg Jets insider uh Chris uh my uh, uh, yeah you know Chris. What pal. Um, Chris and so he was actually stoked for this trade he was very yeah. excited um he was sad to see Line and Rosalick go but he was more excited about the Incredible center depth that Dubois now gives the yeah. Jets, right? Because now you've got, you've got, um, Shifley, you've got, uh, Dubois, yeah. right? Yeah, you've got Wheeler, uh, and you've got, you can throw a cop out there, um, as well yeah. uh, as the center. So he was really excited about, um, their center depth. You've got Stasny, Perot, like they've got some, some strength down the middle now.
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, two completely different players. First of all, they're, I mean, their styles are absolutely completely different. Like I said, Line a is purely a shooter right and, and i mean skilled hockey player don't get me wrong but i think dubois is more of a stick handle look for the pass quick shot kind of guy instead of i i would think i would think i can i compare um line a to more like ov where he, you give him a little too, a little time and it's it's a guaranteed goal kind of thing. Obviously, better, if we're but,
1: comparing people, um, Dubois, to be honest, reminds me a lot of like a prime Jonathan Tays. Yeah. Right. I like, would agree with that. Like, like really defensively sound plays, physical nasty hands, good feet, you know? Um, yeah. Like I just, I yeah. think, uh, I don't know that that's the vibes he gives me.
0: I, I, I would agree with that. And so, like I said, if Dubois can, like I said, figure out his, Whatever, whatever that attitude lapse was uh, there, you know, I understand your displeasure, I guess, with the organization. But if that's the case, if you don't want to show up and play hockey, tell them you're not going to show up and play hockey. Don't show up and give that. Uh, so I think once he figures it out, you know, once he decides what kind of hockey player he's going to be, I think, I think it will definitely be gross. You know, it's a good addition to Winnipeg, which is scary for editorial fans, but, um, because it adds another piece to the puzzle that you really have to watch. Personally, I think, I think Lionel will do better. I don't know. That's just
1: my take. And then, uh, the last piece of really news I have from around the league, it, it's not super huge, but it just came out at least this, at the time we're recording this. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a GM, Jim Rutherford resigns for personal reasons. Um, they haven't released, uh, I don't know if they ever will. Um, but, we don't know what the personal reasons are. So I guess uh, I wish him all the best and, you know, whatever's going on there. But um, uh, I guess it's kind of crazy. Anytime you see a GM just uh, vacate the position like that.
0: Right. Especially one, you know, like he's been with Pittsburgh for, for a long time. So, you know, and he's obviously had some you know, great moves, had a good team for a hot minute. I mean, those guys are always consistent. So I think I, I agree. Just wish him the best and, you know, hope everything's okay. Anytime you see personal reasons, you uh, can't help but, you know, be scared for whatever's going on with himself or his family or, you know, whatever the deal is. Hopefully there's nothing bad that happened that caused it. Maybe it's just, you know, he said it was time to retire. Go be with his family and ride off into the sunset on a golden line or something.
1: I'll be interested to see uh, what directions the Pittsburgh Penguins decide to take, because um, I would say really, at least while he's been uh, GM, at least for the last little bit, they haven't really had a direction. Uh, you know, it's kind of felt like they're sort of holding on to to, to Crosby and Malkin. Um, right. Uh, so I, I will, be, it'll be interesting to see whoever does end up taking his position. I mean, obviously I'm pretty sure the assistant GM is going to take over the day to day for now. And then, um, they may hire him or hire someone else. Right. I'll be curious to see how they, uh, how the team changes because of this.
0: Like I said, he, he, you know, for his tenure, it was they had a great run. They, you know, they they strung together a couple back-to-backs. You know, they, right? They had they had that one back-to-backs cup wins. So I agree. I think they definitely need to. Uh, Crosby's amazing. Malcolm's amazing, but they need to inject a little more uh, youth. Um, into their organization, kind of find a, a new direction. We'll see how the Penguins do. Yeah, that's about it for me.
1: So then uh, looking ahead to next episode, there are three games in between uh, this Thursday episode and the Monday episode that will come out on this coming Monday. Uh, We have two games versus Toronto. So that will bring us up to four versus Toronto for the season. Um, And then we finish. We go Saturday to Sunday with a back-to-back Toronto and then Ottawa. So that's three games in three days, uh, three games in four days. So I'll start with the Toronto two games. Uh, We split the first two series with them. The first one was, I'd say, interesting. The Oilers got a lot of puck luck in their first win over Toronto, but it was more of a defensive battle. I'd say it was the the most defensive game played all season. Uh, and they got the win versus Toronto. And then the second game yeah. was a little bit more of what we expected from the Toronto games, um, a little bit more open. Uh, and Toronto was able to come away with the win for that one. So I guess what, what do we expect in this one? Do we, especially coming off of these hard fought, but a, a tough loss versus Winnipeg
0: looking at Toronto in general, um, they're on the top of the division. here. Um, I think they're six and two, which, comparatively to the rest of the division, at least. That's a good record. I think, like we were saying the last time we were talking about Toronto, their, their stars are, are firing. They, they have a lot of offensive firepower. So, I mean, it, it'll definitely be a tough game. Um, I definitely think, much like the, the first game against Toronto, they'll have to push defensively hard if they want to come out with another win. If we can stay 500 or above with Toronto – that that's that's your best case scenario you know what i mean you, you you obviously you want to win both games here but i think at least at least you need to win one just to keep even with this series one of the toughest teams in the in the north division there was a lot of scuttlebutt about them you know coming into the season i think those games will be interesting i got a little a uh, little grit on the shoulder about this last about this last loss uh, as they should hey who knows maybe we'll even see a uh a win streak pull together here, if they can figure it out. First one of the season,
1: listen, they can string, if they can string two wins together, I will be just over the moon. So then looking at their, then their last matchup, it is on the back half of a back-to-back and the Oilers actually played really well on the second half of back-to-backs last season. I think they only lost one or two of them last season. Uh, And it's also taking on and no disrespect to Ottawa, but probably. Ottawa. You know, yeah, they're, they're playing Ottawa. Did Like I said, I wanted to say, and I, I even say one of my hot takes in episode one was Ottawa is going to make the playoffs. So I definitely don't think the Oilers should sleep on Ottawa at all. And Ottawa has not been helping yeah. my, my prediction at all either. So I guess I would be worried about the Oilers maybe sleeping on Ottawa, but depending on how they come out of these Toronto games, they might come out of it really hungry to, to pick up some points versus Ottawa.
0: Obviously. Conversely to uh, the Maple Leafs, Ottawa is last in the North Division, obviously just crushing your hopes so far for, <laughs> for their for, for your prediction. But I really do think they'll pull through and and I agree with you. They they can't sleep on them. You know, I played enough sports in my life to know that when you go into a game thinking you're gonna win, it is way too tight. If you come out with the win, it was it was way too tight of a game the whole time, way tighter than it should be. It, you should you got to treat every every game like it's going to be the hardest game you play all season um, and that's how you win hockey games convincingly and consistently I agree you know depending on what happens with Toronto I think they really have to show up you know it's tough to play a back to back you know especially when you're usually used to um, you're getting a day off in between kind of deal but it'll be interesting to see what they, what happens and like I said I think Ottawa is probably going to – they'll show up. I think they're also doing the need need a minute to soak in, set their feet, figure out what what they want to do, I'm waiting for those pesky kachucks to figure themselves out.
1: And so uh, I, I guess we'll before, what it does. before we wrap up the episode here, I'm going to ask you for some – we're going to go do some score predictions. So game one versus Toronto, what do you think?
0: 3-2, Edmonton win, and the defense comes out hot, shuts down that, that, that high-powered offense.
1: Alrighty, um, i I'm gonna say uh, this one's gonna be a four-three OT win. Giving up those extra points. Unfortunately, but hey, I'll take the dub. All right, game two. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think I think game two. I think I think Everton plays it too conservative because they're they're expecting the back-to-back. They're expecting a little fatigue, and they want guaranteed win on against Ottawa. So I, I say they probably come out too slow. They'll, they'll probably eat one. I, I'll say I'll say three-two, the other way. Overtime.
1: 3-2 overtime loss. Yes. Hmm. I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm changing my prediction. All right. I'm going to say game one, (laughs) we lose 4-3 in overtime. Interesting. Then I'm going to say we win game two versus Toronto. Okay. Five to two.
0: Wow. Big showing from the boys.
1: Yeah, yeah. We lose that one. And then we get our first two wins in a row. I'll go straight into Ottawa, and we beat Ottawa two one. Modest game. A modest game. Yeah, yeah. We expect modest to beat game. them by more. It's a tight game, but we still leave with the full two points.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll double down on that one. I agree. I'll double down on that last. You, game, you, you want to? You joining a,
1: me with the two one win?
0: I'll, I'll join you on the two one win. All I, right. I think that's probably uh, that's a, that's a good take there.
1: So then, I mean, even if, so, I mean, that's a pretty solid, I don't know if it's a road trip, but that's a pretty solid three games for the Oilers there. I mean, we're saying we're, we're both predicting they pick up a po- five out of a possible six. So I'll, yeah. I'll take it.
0: I'll take that. I'll take those odds.
1: All righty. Well, I mean, Kyle, uh, you got anything else to add, my friend?
0: Oh, hot, hot plays from around the league. Got any good plays
1: you yeah. like this this week? Uh, I'm going to give mine to uh, an old man in the league nowadays. Shout out. My top play of the week uh, is going to go to Patrick Hornquist for a backhand out of midair uh, wow. bat and goal for the Panthers last night. Because he plays for the Panthers now. What I, about you, buddy? You I, go I'm going to gonna play? give
0: mine. I do. I'm going to give mine to Brent Burns. Oh, uh, guy showed up with the silky mitts out of nowhere. He was like, nah, I'm going to be good today. And he just – did some gross stuff i mean he's always solid defensively but sometimes know, a little dangle in front and he throws it out uh, i love those off the hip uh the, the off the hip backhands yeah the you, open you, you like, pull it hip, all yeah. the way uh you pull it all the way across and it's just like all wrist all hand. so hard
1: to pull off yeah uh, i don't know if you saw barzell did the same thing uh to the captain. Yeah. That like yeah. that open hip backhander where you pull it all the way out, like you're almost loading up for a wrist shot on the backhand, and then just whoop, yeah. up upstairs. That's it's, gorgeous. I wish I could do that. That sounds fun.
0: I did that once the other, I, I did that once, uh, like two weeks ago. It was pretty nice. It was pretty, not as, not as pretty as. Anybody else? And it was on a C League beer, beer league goalie, but it was still pretty. It was all a nice end to end rush. So,
1: well, if I can throw some, myself, if I'll I'll can myself throw on the back, if I can throw some shade at the uh, Minnesota guys, that's basically who they had in that, that game, anyways. Alrighty. Well, we are going to wrap it up here before I dig myself in any more trouble here with uh, Isha and Dylan. So uh, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, everyone, be sure to follow the Rig Rats here on Twitter. That's going to be at the Rig underscore Rats on Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. It helps out a great deal. Be sure to subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Um, to keep track of all the awesome jersey giveaways and competitions we do. And I believe the Oilers did beat the Flames in the first jersey bracket, but now we're losing to the Krakens, and we can't let that happen. So we got to get in there. we, we, we got to vote. we got We got to get the Oilers over the Krakens because we cannot lose to a team that's not even in, an, the, in the – To an
0: unestablished team. Yeah,
1: so go follow at HockeyPodNet and vote on that. And uh, we will talk to you guys in the next one. And let's go Oilers!
0: Let's go Oilers! Connor McDevon!